0: Welcome to a new wave of entrepreneurship. I'm Scott Stewart, founder and CEO of Venture for Canada and your host. The focus of this podcast is to hear from changemakers and Canadian entrepreneurs to learn about how they've developed their entrepreneurial mindset and skills. In season four, we'll be chatting with CEOs, founders and successful business leaders about their career journeys. I'm excited to dive into these conversations about how to foster your entrepreneurial mindset and drive. Mohamed Ghalayani is an angel investor based in Toronto. He is the chair of the board of directors at Maple Leaf Angels and chair of its membership and marketing committee, and also serves on the investment committee of the MLA 48 fund number three. He currently advises startups and companies on innovation strategy and business building. Previously, Mohammed co-created one of Jordan's largest solar power portfolios and founded Yellow Door Energy, a company that finances and builds solar power plants for commercial and industrial clients. At the beginning of his career, Mohammed established himself in management consulting, where he was a senior manager at Deloitte. He advises Fortune 500 companies on planning and executing complex technology projects, enhancing business performance, and developing results-oriented strategies. Thank you for joining us today, Mohammed. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing well,
1: thank you, Scott.
0: Fantastic to hear you're doing well, and uh, it's really excited. I'm really excited to have you on the show today. You know, one thing I noticed in your entrepreneurial journey is that you've pursued a non-linear career path that took you from management consulting to renewable energy uh, to tech entrepreneurship. What advice would you give to a young person interested in pursuing a potentially non-linear career path?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, just thinking back uh, about it, um, you know, almost everyone, I think they get a little bit of, uh, uh, they, they second guess their career at some point, right? And I think those moments are important. So when you second guess, what am I doing? Is this for me or not? I think you need to take that seriously. And um, once you take that seriously, maybe some doors would open up for you. Um, so so for you know for a while, I, I was with Deloitte for 10 years and you know towards the end of those 10 years, I, I had that moment, but I kind of like suppressed it a bit and, and kind of uh, you know postponed looking into it. But I think those signals are very important for people. otherwise you wouldn't make a change, right? So So you know being nonlinear means like changing, you know, tracks and, and listening to yourself and examining why do you have that feeling? What kind of opportunities are out there? Am I thriving at this moment or not? Uh, how could I be thriving, you know, uh, is, are important things to, to take into consideration. One thing that I did, you know, once I took it seriously is actually took a step back from work and I took a, a short sabbatical from Deloitte, um, about a four month unpaid leave. And to me, that was, you know, thinking back about it, it was incredibly important, you know, separating yourself from the day to day, you know, grind allows you to properly think about the big questions in your life and, and you know, opens your eyes into, into, you know, different potentials.
0: I couldn't agree more. I, and I think that's really uh, wonderful that you took that, that four month uh, sabbatical. I guess a few related kind of questions is first off, is what uh, what precipitated? Like, what was the process, uh, your decision-making process, uh, to initially take that that four-month sabbatical period?
1: Yeah, for me, and I think it will be different for everybody. Like, so so for me, it was a slow process. It was, uh, you know, maybe a few years of not being sure that you know the, the way I would summarize it is like, am I thriving or not? So I wasn't sure if I was thriving, and that you know means different things to different people. For me, it meant, do I get You know, am I energized by the work that I'm doing? And and it just wasn't there for me. And you know, no no one or nothing to blame. I mean, it just happens. Right? Sometimes you're just not in the right situation or the right company or the right career path. And, uh, but honestly, it was a slow grind for me. I had to live with that feeling for a while before kind of like, you know, making the decision, okay, you know what, I really need to step back and 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 get away from everything. Um, and, you know, with other people, it might be a quicker decision. They might, you know, not wait, you know, a, a bunch of years. They might just do it within a, a few days of thinking about it. And some other people might just ignore that feeling and just keep on grinding, right? So, um, so I don't know. Like, I think it also, like, someone needs to just also make that decision along with their life context. Like, is it possible to step away? Is it possible to take a break? Um, I realize it's a luxury, right, for for a lot of people. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, um, uh, yeah, it, it, it wasn't a, a big kind of like exciting story, unfortunately. It just took a while for me to make the decision. It just eventually happened.
0: Can you give us a little bit more background too on how you use that four month sabbatical uh,
1: periods? Yeah yeah no it was um, I, it was kind of structured. so in a way like I spent a month backpacking in Chile. Uh, that was the first month and um, just you know Chile is a big country so so I was uh, I didn't manage to cover all of it, but um, uh, a full month was was spent there in different cities and just like staying at hostels and uh, um, uh, just you know exploring the country. Uh, One week uh, out of that month was also in uh, Easter Island, which is a beautiful place, very far away, took like almost, it was a six hour trip by plane from Santiago. And and that to me was, I think, the the highlight of the trip. It was just, I felt that I was, you know, physically very far away from my daily life and routine. Um, I had um, I, was, I was distracted in a good way. Um, it was healthy. The weather was good. I was walking all over, uh, made some some friends. Um, and I was just able to just sit there with myself, right? Like it's not something that you know a lot of people complain about when, when they're like doing the day to day grind. So that was I think that the, the value of that trip for me was just disengage and slow down, right and, and just like shift perspectives. And then I came back to Toronto after that, and uh, I spent the rest of the three months kind of between Toronto and Jordan visiting family. Um, and the way I spent those months is, is just a, a process of brainstorming. I was just like, well, I, I had known in, 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 on Easter Island actually that that's that said, I need to quit and, and move on, but just try something new. Um, But the question was, what would it be, right? So uh, the rest of the three months were just brainstorming. So I ended up just meeting a ton of people and just coming up with ideas and um ideas for new businesses or ideas of things I could be doing, uh, reconnecting with old, old friends um, who, who are doing different things in their lives and just like brainstorming with them. It was just like a lot of socialization, I guess. Right. So uh,
0: I have a few other questions uh, about sabbatical. But first off, as a am a huge fan of Chile. So one of the things that I'm interested in, what, other than uh, Easter Island, uh, what, what are some other places that you visited during your, your Chilean uh, trip?
1: So yeah, I mean, Viña del Mar, Valparaiso, um, uh, the Atacama Desert, um, um, and just little towns here and there. You know, like the bus rides there are like you know, twelve hour long, right? So, so uh, it's it's a very long country. So um, yeah, but but I think Valparaiso would be like ranked as the second, like my favorite spot after after Easter Island. Just a beautiful city. Um, I spent quite a bit of time in Santiago itself as well. It was like kind of my hub, like going back and forth and just moving around. I didn't make it too much to the south. Um, it was around April of 2011, and I, I think it was kind of too cold to go far, far south. So, so I, I avoided that area, yeah.
0: Shifting back to the uh, sabbatical period, is one thing, a piece of advice that young people are often given is follow your passion. Uh, And you can see actually the Google search trend over the last like 10 years. It went from like not being Google to like a very popular Google keyword. What
1: do you think about
0: the advice of of follow your, your passion?
1: My advice would be sure if you know what you're passionate about, follow it, but it's okay not to have a passion and it's okay to Try different things that could be, you know, interesting on its own, right? Just the process of trying and failing is, 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 you know, it's actually a, a pretty cool uh, path to take, you know, if you can. Um, and, but also, it, it doesn't mean that entrepreneurship is is the answer to to that question, right? So you could be passionate about different areas, or or you could be in a in a career at a at a big company um and and how you frame what you do is is important and and that could be an answer to that question right um yeah i i think it's a it's very generic but i think it it, it could give the wrong message in terms of searching for you know there's that you know well-known saying or, or or idea that um you know, we end up searching for happiness, and, and then you could waste a lifetime just searching for happiness, right? You would achieve something, and then look for something else, or or it, it just remains elusive. And I have a feeling that the passion question could also be as elusive. So it's important to, you know, um, f- reframe what you're doing. I think is 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 a, is a better strategy for young people, and and keep trying. To reframe, which could mean entrepreneurship, it could mean doing different things at your job, it could mean switching companies. I think the process of reframing is good and and as long as it's kind of attached to your own kind of sense of of, of contentment, uh, that that would be I think uh, a, a better kind of reframing in my opinion, right? Or, or framing of that question.
0: There's an excellent book that we often recommend, Venture for Canada Fellows Checkout, called So Good They Can't Ignore You, which I don't love the title, but it's a career advice uh, book that's actually, uh, in many ways the, the title doesn't really describe the book, but the, the, the thesis of the book is that uh, sort of a young generation is being sold uh, uh, the wrong career advice by, by such an emphasis on follow your passion. Uh, uh, to your point, most people, particularly when they're 22, don't know what their passion is. And uh, his thesis is that uh, rather than follow your passion, uh, focus on developing skills. And ultimately, how can you, you know, uh, think around what are the skills that you can create the most impact? And frankly, you can be the most useful in the world and go and develop those skills. And along the way, you might find your passion. You might not. Uh, and and that's perfectly uh, fine. What do you think of that thesis or or advice?
1: That sounds very good, actually. I mean, I'm uh, as you were describing it. I was just reflecting on my own, kind of like what what I do, right? And uh, um, it does make a lot of sense. I think I think um, building building up good skills and and things that you're good at, but also that you somehow enjoy, I think would be would be a great approach. Um, so, for example, I enjoy myself just writing, right? Like, I just, just a, a few articles here and there. And the process of writing itself is not what I enjoy, but what I enjoy is kind of like the background research I have to do about the article, right? Um, so, it's almost like studying a topic and then writing, an, you know, what I think is my opinion of it or what I think is an interesting opinion of it, right? Um, that to me is, is just, I just lose myself in that exercise and I lo- love it. And I would like to get better at it as well. So, so that's a skill I've been working on for a while and hopefully I'll, I'll keep, keep at it. And, um, and, but I can't, it's hard to call a passion, right? Uh, you know, just, it, it's a skill. It's, it's something that you end up doing and hopefully, you know, as the book title, I guess, Eludes to you will be known for it, right? Um, and you will not be ignored, and, and that would be something that, that you can excel at and reuse in different contexts. Um, yeah, that sounds very good. Actually, that's that's a great. Um, yeah, I would love to read that book one day. I haven't read it yet, so so maybe I should. Fifteen kind of
0: gears uh, a little bit is that um, to the kind of topic of writing is you're an active angel investor. You chair of Maple Leaf Angels, which is one of if not the largest kind of angel group uh, in in the country. Uh, in terms of uh, dollars uh, deployed. And I was recently talking to a Venture for Canada fellow alumni who has an entrepreneur, runs a tech company. And he was talking about a trend where, you know, historically people, uh, entrepreneurs, when they've been looking to raise money, they've had a deck, like a PowerPoint deck with those different slides. And he was talking about the rise of of investment memos where basically there's no deck and it's just like a document and with like kind of, uh, and it, I mean, it's somewhat semantical, so sort of somewhat just a different form. But he was just talking about that evolution and presentation uh, from the more rigid. Um, everything has to be a PowerPoint, and and the other thing, the interesting thing, the reason why I asked this, it relates to our earlier conversation, is an investment memo, which, for background of listeners, is more of like a document that's like, like the Jeff Bezos philosophy for for meetings, like a six pager document that's like just goes through and it's like an essay uh, uh, describing why a business will be successful. It, when you write a memo like that, it really tests your writing skills. And if you're, I guess in, if you're an investor, you're kind of looking at, at those, those writing skills. So uh, when you're, you, you've probably seen hundreds if not thousands of different pitches from, from, from entrepreneurs, a few questions. One is that are you seeing more of these investment memos come up versus the traditional kind of deck and the second kind of related question is: To what extent do you think writing skills uh, and, and like the written
1: communication uh,
0: is an important skill for entrepreneurs to develop? I
1: think the standard, um, at least maybe for the early stage companies that we see, is having a pitch deck, and I think that works well for us because the way we meet companies and and uh, take them through our deal flow process, it, pitch decks you know, are a better fit, I think. It's, it's, you know, visually, you know, better for our members to look at. Um, it's, it's, it's maybe even though there are more pages in the pitch deck, but maybe it's easier to kind of like digest and, and go through. Um, so yeah, I would say the pitch deck still is, is a main uh, uh, ingredient of, of the fundraising process in, in Canada, at least. That, that I, I'm not aware if it's, if it's changing here. Um, written skills, extremely important. I think, um, uh, you know, during the pitch, of course, the, the, the verbal part of the presentation is important, you know, like just the verbal communication skills, the presentation skills, you know, the level of confidence, uh, um, the type of types of things that someone says, like will will make a big difference, but also a pitch deck gets circulated around, and and some and some of our investors, you know, see the pitch deck without uh, uh, the founder, you know, uh, being around, right? So having having a, a, a well written document um, and, and is important, and also like during the investment process, there's a lot of you know lots of emails going back and forth, a lot of Written communication happening, so you know I, I think it's it's one of those skills that is important no matter what situation you're in, right? So uh, and and honestly, it could could you know lead to a, a failed uh, deal uh, if if. There's no clarity if, if, if um, you know, if, if someone just, I mean, I mean th- there are sometimes complex ideas that have to be communicated. So, and we need to be able to, as an entrepreneur, to communicate them to the public, right? Or to the investing public.
0: One verbose, unclear communication. If there's one thing that, that will dissuade me from wanting to do dealings with somebody is very verbose uh, uh, communication. And the skill of an entrepreneur, I think, which in many ways a huge part of their of an entrepreneur's responsibility as chief storyteller, is how do you take a co- really complex idea or business operation and describe it very succinctly? And if you can't do it, you're probably not going to be successful in that business. Shifting gears a little bit uh, to the kind of uh, last kind of part of, of our conversation, which is kind of reflecting on on your career and and life. If you could go back in time. And have a conversation with your 22 year old self. What advice would you give him?
1: Yeah, I think I would tell myself don't worry so much, right? Like, I think, you know, for me specifically, uh, when I was whatever, 20, 22, I was thinking too much about making the right decisions and taking the right steps. And, um, you know, and, and I, I think that was a waste of, of of brain energy, right? So I think I would tell myself, don't worry, make mistakes, you know, if you make a decision, it doesn't have to be a, the right one now, you have plenty of time to kind of like course correct or try different things, right? So, um um and yeah and i think that that go, plays into a bigger part or, i mean if my personality and i think also you know a, a bunch of people have the same things that they they struggle with being present and they keep thinking about the future and get anxious about it and i was definitely like that at that age um still struggle with it a bit here and there but i think i'm a bit better uh but that's that would be my advice and i um uh, you know I, I see that in some so some, some like, you know, my nephews and nieces for example some of them are at that age now and they do kind of like stress too much about making the right choice whether it's college or work or career and i'm like you know just just do your best and don't worry right like yeah so what if you study the wrong thing now like you can you can go back to university again whatever like right? or, or you can switch companies or um but yeah i mean encouraging myself to make mistakes and not worry too much about them i think that that would be the top advice yeah
0: It's great advice. And um, one of the things I think that's interesting is a lot of entrepreneurial people tend to be very forward-looking in the way that, so I find entrepreneurial people tend to be much more prone to anxiety than to to depressive, which is depressive tends to be more backward-looking, more in terms of looking back, thinking about things that have already kind of happened. And certainly I relate uh, from a, I would say I'm a very forward-looking person. And uh, anxiety is something that, I, I'm definitely a lot more prone to anxiety than, than, than anything. And I think I, one thing I've noticed both through this podcast and just I, you know over the years, I've, I've met hundreds of entrepreneurs just through my job adventure for Canada. And uh, I, I find that many entrepreneurs are very highly anxious people. And uh, it's an interesting thing around balancing that anxiety, which can be a great driver, but how to not, it can also become extremely debilitating at a, at a certain point. Uh, so how to keep it under control is I think a really important thing for a lot of like ambitious entrepreneurial people and uh, to admit anxiety yeah, and to really keep that anxiety at a certain level. I think the second thing, which relates to what you talked about earlier on is, is the importance of uh, young people just going with the flow sometimes. And I'll bring this back to, to a thing that, that you talked about, which is, You had that brunch in Toronto uh, with that contact and that spawned this whole engagement in solar power. There's a lot of randomness in this world. There's a lot of luck. There's a lot of uncertainty. And I think sometimes at the the beginning of one's life, someone thinks that a lot of people mistakenly think they can plan their life way more than they can. And one piece of advice that I would say I've, I've, come to realize myself more last year, but I am trying to give more to venturecan fellows and young people is lean into the uncertainty and don't try to create really long-term plans because life is rare. Look at the last year and a half of the pandemic. We can't predict the future.
1: Yes, totally, totally. Yeah, it is random. And I think, um... And, and we have to realize, like, another thing, you know, another way of saying it is that the world is open, like, it, it's full of doors, right, that, that you know, might open to you, right? So, um, um, and, and the only ways that you will see those doors or have them open or, or have them shut and then open, another one, for example, is, is yeah, you need to embrace that. Like, you need to not be afraid of it. Uh, fear will always be there, actually. Sorry about that. Like, we will always be afraid. It's okay to be afraid, but it's, uh, um, and, Opening yourself up to possibilities, I think, is is a great thing. Especially if you are an entrepreneur, if you are um, um, keen on discovering, you know, uh, what you want to do in life, and 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 you know, you're unsure about what you want to do, then then definitely uh, being open to change and being open to those, you know, interesting conversations that might lead somewhere else is, is, is a good skill. Now, you know, that might not work for everyone, uh, but, but I, you know, it definitely worked for me and, and I feel it could work for many entrepreneurs. yeah
0: Those are three great books. We've asked this question, uh, well, probably it's the last 10 or 15 guests, uh, but Shoe Dog is definitely, I think, the most uh, frequently cited book. So for our listeners, for our frequent listeners, uh, it's one that you'll definitely hear. So I won't talk about it, but it is a great book, um, super forecasted. It's actually the first time anyone has recommended that book. I have read it as well. It is fantastic. Uh, and I think a lot of really good insights, uh, especially about how, frankly, experts or supposed experts uh, can often be really bad at predictions and are often not held accountable. Uh, and, uh, and instead, just sort of teams of random people with certain mindsets uh, can actually be way better at predicting things uh, than the people who have a huge amount of expertise and is it also an argument in many ways for the importance of being a generalist. Uh, there's another great, there's a great book called Range by David Epstein, where he cites a lot of super forecasting's work It's uh, also a really good book. Uh, and um, yeah, I think that it, Brad, so the final book, which is uh, Venture Deals, uh, which I have here, I actually have not read in detail because I'm not an, an expert, far from an expert in venture capital, but I've read other works by Brad Feld, in particular, a great book called Startup Communities that and uh, The Startup Community Way, that if you're interested in learning more about startups and uh, just, he is a prolific writer, he's written a lot of different books and he's also, if you're interested in learning more about Brad Feld, there's a great like three-hour podcast interview uh, with that uh, Tim Ferriss does with Brad Feld. And I think it's one of the most interesting entrepreneurship interviews. He's just such a humble, thoughtful, uh, creative person. One of the founders of Techstars, uh, also have been a really successful software engineer, really honest about the challenges he's experienced in his life, especially... Uh, even the context of having a huge amount of uh, professional uh, success and uh, really, really great books. So I appreciate the recommendations. Mohammed, it has been a pleasure from chatting about your Chilean travel experience and the importance of sabbaticals uh, for kind of opening your eyes to, to new uh, possibilities. We have talked about a lot of different topics and a lot of different lessons for listeners. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. That's it for this week's episode of A New Wave of Entrepreneurship. Stay connected with us via our social and our email list. Subscribe to us in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss our next episode. If you have feedback on today's episode, tweet us at Venture4Canada, that is Venture, the number four, Canada, or email us at podcast at Venture4, that's spelled F-O-R, Canada.ca. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'm Scott Stewart, and until next time, stay safe, stay motivated, and stay grateful. A new wave of entrepreneurship is produced by Winita Lee Garcia and Latifa Farah, editing and mixing also done by Latifa Farah. Erica ormanston is our editorial assistant. Mark Wallach and Premium Beat own the copyright and publishing rights related to the song used in this podcast. The comments and opinions, recommendations, or suggestions expressed on the podcast by the guests are not liable to Venture for Canada and belong solely to each individual. Any information provided stated by our guests and our host is independent of Venture for Canada. A new wave of entrepreneurship is a Venture for Canada brand and all content is owned by Venture for Canada. If you'd like to use our content, Please reach out to us at podcast adventure4 that's spelled F O R Canada.ca.